We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Alrighty, welcome back. I apologize for going too long. It's all Joe Yurden's fault. He's he's gonna be charging me overtime too. There's no doubt about it. Our next guest joining me on the Western Hotline, Ryan Talbot, another fine gentleman as well. He covers the Bills for New York Upstate and the Shout Buffalo podcast with my guy Matt Perino as well. Ryan, good uh, good afternoon to you, my friend. I hope I'm the first one to, to wish you a good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon to you too, and you certainly are. Well, that's all that matters, my friend. I hope things are well with you and the family. Um, while we uh, while we digress here and while we get into what I think is the next most important game, and it's not, Ryan, because it's the next game. But it is the next game, and it is the most important game because it is the next game. But it's the most important game, Ryan, because this sort of feels like a turning point for the Bills in this season. They got everything last week to go right for them, right? I mean, they get the win and head-to-head um, – And then they go out and they get to kick their feet up, have a couple of beers on a Sunday afternoon and watch everything that they needed to happen happen. The Dolphins lost, the Kansas City Chiefs lost, and boom, they find themselves back in the top position in both the AFC and the AFC East. With a win today, and you know, or tomorrow, I should say, and, and we'll see what happens with the Dolphins and, and, and Chargers on Sunday Night Football. I know that's going to be kind of appointment television for folks tomorrow night as well. How important do you maybe view this game as because of what's to come or you view this game as important because you're actually and maybe I'm in this this camp too is as I do really view the New York Jets especially now with the level of competent quarterback play they didn't have earlier in the season it's like a true threat and and I think if you lose this game Ryan you open the door back up for the Jets to potentially backdoor their way with a win out for the rest of the season to win the AFC East and that's kind of crazy to think about yeah, it's very crazy to think about it. I'm not sure if I'm there yet with the Jets. I know Mike White is more competent than Zach Wilson throwing the ball around, uh, but he also throws a lot of interceptable balls that I think that uh, the Bills could potentially take advantage of tomorrow afternoon. Uh, the last time they played Mike White, he threw four interceptions in that game last year. I believe he has 10 interceptions in six career games. So uh, he, he puts the ball up. He puts it at risk a little bit. So I think there's going to be some chances for this team uh, tomorrow to get the, those turnovers. But listen, the, the Jets are a completely different team than one year ago. Uh, Robert Sala has done a really good job building up this roster. Same with Joe Douglas. But they obviously whiffed on the most important position, that being quarterback. But th- they found a lot of pieces in the draft, which, again, when you have a lot of high picks, you should be able to hit on those uh, and free agency. So it, it's going to be a tough test. This is a team that already knocked off the Bills once this season. They got to Josh Allen a lot in that game. They did. Five sacks, two interceptions. 
Uh, so Allen has to play a pretty clean game for them to win this, but the Bills are a completely different team from that first matchup as well for a variety of reasons, starting with the run game. They've really started to lean on that the last six weeks. Um, you, you've seen them averaging 154 yards per game, and, and it's not just the Josh Allen show running the ball. Devin Singletary has been solid all year long, and, and James Cook is starting to find a more consistent role as a runner and also as a receiver where you're seeing him get a lot of yards after the catch, and uh, he's running with more confidence too. Yeah, let's let's kind of maybe zero in here on James Cook. Like to you, is it truly just like he was a young raw in terms of NFL wise raw running back coming off of a program that listen he's not a guy like I think I saw numbers that Najee Harris had more touches his senior year at Alabama than the four years combined that James Cook had at Georgia. And I, I think you look at that maybe lack of experience as a positive when he's coming out, right? Like he doesn't have the mileage that Najee Harris has. He doesn't have a lot of the wear and tear running backs have that are bell cows at the college level, especially in the SEC, Ryan. But I think maybe that lack of experience to hurt him coming into a team that I think was really searching for him to maybe make a more immediate impact. You keep hearing things that Sean McDermott and even Josh Allen will talk about practice a lot with James Cook and the things that they're seeing in practice. And he's starting to really, you're starting to see him turn it on at practice. And this is a team, this is an organization, Ryan, that values that practice time, you know, like being sharp and using that practice to apply things that you're going to do during that game week. And maybe... Part of this equation, why we're seeing more of him, but not just more of him seeing that success is, that, that success as well, is maturity and learning the job of being a professional athlete, which I think a lot of people maybe take for granted. Yeah, I, I think that's some fair talking points, starting first and foremost with the Georgia talking point. He was part of a committee. You said it yourself. Uh, so he wasn't getting those heavy workloads, which coming into the league, that's what you want if you're a GM. You want someone that has those fresh legs, but... He's also lacking that experience. So he comes into Buffalo. He has Devin Singletary in front of him. At the start of the year, he has Zach Moss in front of him. And when you have three backs, you really don't have a back at all. And it's hard to get those guys going one or two when you're trying to spread the ball around. So uh, in the first half of the season, he only had one game where he had double-digit carries, and that was the blowout win against the Titans. Average almost four yards per carry in that game. Uh, but a, a lot of it had to do with the game being out of hand. And then it was zero, four, two, you know, a handful of carries. And then a few weeks ago against the Browns, he gets 11 carries. He he's rushes for 86 yards, almost eight yards per clip. Uh, and, and then against the Patriots, he's getting 14 carries, 64 yards, averaging over 4.5 yards per carry. So he's starting to see his workload increase. Uh, that means, he, and he's also getting more reps at practice since that Zach Moss trade. I know they traded for Heem Hines and, uh, Hines hasn't really factored in the offense yet, but he's more of a pass catching back than anything else. So that shouldn't really factor into the practice reps for cook running the ball. And, uh, you're, you're seeing a much more confident back, someone that knows the system pretty well now. And I think that role is going to continue to expand. And Oh, by the way, you still have Devin Singletary who is running the ball very well for this team. Uh, always seems to kind of get forgotten about, uh, on, from the outside, that is. But he is a solid back, and he does his job well. I think the Bills have been more um, – they have not been as pass-heavy as of late, and that's benefited Josh Allen in this offense because it has made defenses have to play the run and respect the run. And I don't know, Ryan, like I, I keep thinking about how this offense should look and, and how they should be using things. Is, do you get the sense – like I, I feel like I'm starting to feel this way, but do you get the sense – 
that Ken Dorsey in this offense might be forcing it a little bit, trying to integrate Naeem Hines. I Listen, I know you go out and make the trade for him, and he is one of the top 15 highest-paid running backs in football, if you can believe that. He really is. He's one of the most he's one of the highest-paid running backs in football, which should go to show you how many people just – or how many teams actually pay their running backs. It's not many. Um, but it, it does at times feel like the touches are forced and they're not really the most organic thing. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. And uh, they're not traditional carries. They're trying to get him to utilize that speed. But there's almost something that the defense, when he's on the field, they know to kind of, you know, keep an eye on him right now. They've been kind of forcing it to him a little bit, trying to get him into this offense. And it really hasn't worked to date. Uh, I would just like to see him run some routes and yeah. get him open as a pass catcher. I like what he's brought to the table as a punt returner and a kick returner. And, and obviously that wasn't what they had in mind when they traded for him, not just being a pure punt returner, kick returner, and that's it. They want to utilize him in this offense. But figure out what that role is. Don't press it too much at this point. And then hopefully by the time the playoffs roll around, though, you do have a set role for him on offense. You still utilize him in the return game. And, and he's paid dividends in that game. There's been, a, there's been a few games where he has flipped the field for the team. He's given them really good field position. He's had over 100 return yards. Uh, as a punt returner, kick returner. So he, he's done a nice job since coming to the Bills. Uh, but you're right. Don't force it on offense. I think Ken Dorsey, you know, he's still trying to figure out what this offense is. And I guess that's to be expected when you're a first-time offensive coordinator. And you're starting to see some signs of growth, though. They've gotten better in the red zone the past few weeks. Uh, Stefan Dukes has been outstanding all season. You're seeing a little bit from Isaiah McKenzie in ter- terms of stacking performances. The run game's going. So, you're hoping that they're starting to really figure this out, to kind of put the, the foot on the gas pedal, so to speak, uh, against the Jets late in the season, kind of like last year after they had that letdown uh, where they couldn't complete the comeback against Tampa Bay. But after that game, you know, it was kind of smooth sailing for this team. They were playing really well on both sides of the ball entering the playoffs. Uh, I think this is the point of the year where the Bills have to really, you know, buckle down and, and show that they are truly a threat to win this number one seed where they're currently slotted in the AFC. Ryan Talbot here in New York Upstate joining me on the Western Hotline talking Bills Jets. And, you know, I, I want to ask you, too, it's at least assumed right now, based on what he has done at practice this week, and Sean McDermott did not rule out Deion Dawkins and really wasn't even mentioned uh, yesterday on his uh, on his weekly show with Sale and Joe here on the Extra Point Show. Um, the return of Deion Dawkins, how much will that matter, do you think, on how Ken Dorsey calls plays in this game? This is a Jets defensive line, like you mentioned, I think maybe has had the most success in recent memory, not just this season, Ryan, but really probably the better part of the last two or three seasons I saw the most consistent success of getting to Josh Allen which I think had a residual effect for the rest of the game like getting those early pressures I think started a lot like started having Josh force things later on in that game and started making the mistakes that we saw him made making crunch time in that game and and I'm, I'm wondering like obviously Dion was healthy for that game but over the last couple of weeks you've really seen this team almost take Dawson Knox out of the equation entirely you've seen a bunch of Bobby Hart you've seen David Questenberry play or right? like you've just seen this team have to sort of modify who they are to make sure they've got things protected and that's not something that I think we're used to seeing and and with Dion Dawkins back are you expecting maybe this is a team that trusts their front five a little bit more this week and maybe we see more of Dawson Knox yeah I would like to think so listen Deion Dawkins is uh, obviously their best offensive lineman he's he's, when he's healthier it's close to healthy he is someone that locks it down for the majority of the game at left tackle he might have one slip up or two just like any other player but if, if he's not out there it's a completely different offensive line 
Uh, Questenberry, to his credit, was playing with a bad ankle the last time he started for uh, Deion Dawkins. But even if he was healthy, it would not be the same level of play. Uh, the last matchup, they were actually without Spencer Brown. So, you know, you know, they were without some of their starters last game. They're hoping Deion Dawkins is back for this one. Because if you do have your starting offensive line, that's going to help them, obviously, protecting Josh Allen, keeping him upright, limiting those hits. Uh, but it's also going to help in the run game where they aren't going to be without Reggie Gilliam. And, and you know, that's a uh, something where Gilliam's done a nice job as a lead blocker, he, getting out there, making plays for those backs. So it'll be interesting to see how they play without him. But obviously Deion Dawkins is going to be a big key to this game, having him on the field. And, and the same can be said for Matt Milano, who's also listed as questionable going into this one. These are two guys that we need that didn't have Milano in the first matchup. Uh, that allowed the Jets offense to exploit some things in the middle of the defense. So, Coming into this game a, a little bit healthier, obviously no Jordan Phillips, no Gilliam, uh, but the inactives list isn't going to look nearly as bad this week as it did uh, the first matchup where it was Brown, Milano, Trey White, Jordan Poyer, and Tommy Sweeney. Ryan Talbot here of New York Upstate, the Shout Podcast with our guy Matt Perino as well, joining me on the Western Hotline. Let's talk a little bit more about this Jets team. Obviously, Mike White's the story, but this is a team that's hurting right now, especially at the running back position. We know the trials and tribulations they've been uh, they've they've been through this season up front on the offensive line, but they've really kind of powered through really well with a lot of uh, sort of band aids at the offensive line position. Dwayne Brown starting to play better. Uh, they got George Fant. Like they, they've got some pieces that are playing better football for them, which. I think if you go back to the beginning of the season, they lose Elijah Vera Tucker. They lose uh, just so many pieces across that offensive line for them to be playing at the level that they're playing at right now and still running the football without Brees Hall. I think is a testament to what the offense has been under Mike under Mike Lafleur. But overall, when you look at this offense, Ryan, like outside of maybe just like how dynamic Garrett Wilson can be when the ball gets to him and gets to his hands, like maybe what makes you the most nervous about how this offense is currently constructed compared to like what the defense is going to have and, and maybe they'll be without Matt Milano. But I think the big interchange for me in this game, Ryan, is if Matt Milano isn't playing, A.J. Klein steps in instead of Terrell Bernard. And, and I think Terrell Bernard really struggled in that first matchup. Oh, he struggled big time in that first matchup. So having A.J. Klein uh, as an option in this game is a big, uh, step up. Obviously, he, he struggles in coverage at times, but the, there's few linebackers like Matt Milano in terms of their ability to cover. Uh, so you're right, that's a step up. But in terms of the Jets' offense, you're right, they're running the ball well. It was Donovan Knight against the Vikings, uh, averaging six yards per carry in, in that matchup. Uh, James Robinson didn't do much in that game. They had, you know, they have Robinson, uh, they have Ty Johnson. It, Outside of Garrett Wilson, they still have some weapons, too, in, in terms of their receivers. Corey Davis wasn't in that first matchup against the Bills. He had a nice outing uh, against the Vikings over 80 yards receiving. Uh, the one thing that would make me a little bit nervous is Mike White doesn't seem afraid to throw the ball to Elijah Moore, someone that was pretty much forgotten about with Zach Wilson in the lineup. I think that Elijah Moore last year looked like a, a solid up-and-coming player, and, and then he was just kind of forgotten about this year. Uh, he's another threat, C.J. Uzama. They have some guys on this offense. It is uh, a big step up from where they were in terms of their weapons and play. It just comes back to Mike White for me. Uh, I think that they're not going to be as conservative in this matchup, where in the first matchup against the Bills, uh, those Zach Wilson throws were just taking the safe, easy options, getting it to Garrett Wilson, and, and it worked for them. They, they ended up leaving with a 20-17 to win. Uh, Mike White, though, seems to push the ball down the field more, try to throw some passes into tight windows. Uh, I think he ended up with two interceptions last week. It might have been a third, but 
Um, there were four or five interceptable passes in that game that I saw that two defenders ran into each other for the Vikings. Some others were batted up in the air and just weren't uh, hauled in by any defenders. He puts the ball up for grabs. And with this defense, with Edmonds, with potentially Milano, obviously with Trey White back there, Jordan Poyer back there, uh, I really think they're going to be able to get some turnovers against this team. And that's going to be the biggest difference in the, from the first game to the second game. Ryan, one thing I wanted to ask you about this Jets defense before I let you go is, listen, a lot is made about what they're able to do on the outside in the boundary corner, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed. I mean, maybe the two, maybe the best duo of outside corners, boundary corners in football right now. Um, having said that, there are areas in this defense that are vulnerable, that you can exploit. They are not particularly good up the middle in the, uh, you know, like their, their slot corner game. Um, they, their linebackers are good downhill run stoppers, but they, they like lack some things, especially C.J. Mosley at this point in his career does not have the range and ability that he had when he was a younger player, and Quincy Williams is kind of a, a bigger run stuffer. So with all that being said, like, do, does it feel like maybe the Bills' best opportunity this time around is really attacking the middle of the field? And then I'm kind of thinking if the answer is yes, then that's got to be James Cook and, 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 and for me, Dawson Knox, as it's kind of how you do that with a pass game, right? Yeah, I would think so. I think attacking the middle, like you said, is a good way of doing it. And, and... You know, the two players you mentioned, Cook and Knox, make a ton of sense. It's utilizing the, the slot uh, receiver. Isaiah McKenzie put some nice games together. I'm still waiting for them to maybe start lining up Naheem Hines in that role a little bit. You can move Stefan Diggs a, uh, around in this uh, offense where I don't think you're going to see Sauce Gardner following him. He really didn't uh, follow him much at all in that first game. He got beat on the double move early, and then a, a lot of the game was – uh, it seemed to be that D.J. Reed was in uh, Diggs's area, but you can move Diggs around. You can play him in a slot at times. Uh, attack the middle. Attack the weakness. Uh, take what they're giving to you because we've seen from Cook, for example, who you mentioned, he's been really good with the yards after the catch. He, he catches it now. He has that good vision, good speed. Uh, he can turn it upfield and get those extra yards that they need. So, Allen, as long as you can keep him upright, protect him a little bit better in this game, I think you're going to see a, a much better game plan having this extra, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, almost like a mini bye week uh, to get extra time for the film, see what they can learn from the last game, see what they look like on film against the Vikings. Uh, I, I think that the Bills are going to come with a much better game plan to attack this Jets defense. All right, Ryan, appreciate you, brother. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. Enjoy uh, Army-Navy if you're an, uh, an enjoyer of triple option football like me. I know I will. Uh, I know there's France-England today. So it's a great, uh, although college football regular season is officially over, uh, still a, a, a great weekend for sports. So I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, we'll see each other soon. All right, sounds great, Nate. All right, Ryan Talbot there of New York Upstate on our Western Hotline. I'm going to take a time out because on the other side, I got my next guest of the afternoon, Will Parkinson. He covers the Jets. He's got the Turn on the Jets podcast. We're going to talk to him and get a little more inside scoop on what this Jets team is all about a couple of weeks after beating the Bills at home. So uh, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday. This is Nate Geary here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.